This podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Hello. Sorry, I was echoing Hello. some farty trumpet there. Hello. 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 Is it me Hello. you're looking for? No, not you, no, Lionel not Richie. <laughs> this ain't about you. Don't make or it about it you. Be because you always make it about you, Lionel Richie. Hello, it's me. Um, Hello, and welcome to another episode of Glamazons and Leprechauns, where two women at opposite ends of the height spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society. I'm the six-foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black. I am the five-foot, sometimes furious. Haha, <laughs> who are we kidding? Always furious, Rochelle Sharma. We are a forthright, female, fearless, hopefully comedic podcast tackling the important issues that gals like us face. If you've ever been ostracized for being too tall, too short, too small, too big, having pets, (laughs) then this episode is for you. Yeah. So this issue is the animal issue, where we are talking about issues related to animals, mostly with relation to spay neuter rescue why are you whispering i'm not on mic right now but you are on mic i, I know i don't you, have my you can hear. on i can't hear it so yes the animal issue animals our full episode on animals Animal and rescuing animals in my soup, soup. monkeys and lions looped it oh did i say the wrong animals is it i thought it was lions and tigers is it monkeys and lions i don't know i don't remember damn it I don't know either. I just make it up as I go. I'm, I'm not Shirley Temple. Not even close. I was Shirley Temple. Were I you? Show you? Oh, pictures. yeah, with the curls. My mom would curl my hair, and I was cute as shit. My grandma would wrap curls yeah. around her finger and make curls. I look like Nellie Olsen curls. That's so cute. Well, no, I didn't my look mom like would Nelly put Nelly these torturous foam rollers in my oh, hair. Not the foam rollers. Well, my hair is like pin straight, yo. Oof. Pin straight. Pin straight. So Number two pencils are jealous of my hair. That's how straight my oh hair my is. Goodness. It is so straight. So if you listen to our mini episode, we talked about all the pets that we have right now and some mm-hmm. of the pets that we had before. Most of all of our pets are rescue pets. Yes. I am a TNR captain in my neighborhood, which means trap, neuter, return. Yeah. I worked for the Humane Society for a couple of years and... We weren't supposed to do this, but I was a total sucker. So I bottle fed a bunch of kittens because people would bring me these itty bitty baby kittens and they'd be like, I don't know what to do. Oh, I love bottle feeding kittens. It was so cute. Why weren't you supposed to bottle feed them? You are not supposed to take animals outside of the intake process. Oh, you would. I see. Oh, I would have gotten in big trouble. But what do you do when somebody's handing you a little teeny tiny baby baby kitten? kitten and basically they're like, well, I'm leaving it here. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? So I'd sneak them home and I would bottle feed it and then I would turn them in. And yeah, it was probably, I think they were catching on. (laughs) Michelle turns in an awful lot of single kittens. The fact is there are a lot of animals that need homes Mm -hmm. and need um, to be fostered or adopted. And I'm very much against puppy mills oh yeah i think we've really woken up to that type of practice i'm not saying don't breed i love i think there are people who advance the breed they do a great job they breed 
responsibly. Do you have to burp or something? No, I have the hiccups. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, I mean, because there there are attributes that people specifically want. And I understand this. Somebody doesn't want a big dog. They can't handle a big dog, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think, though, that people believe that they can't handle a big dog until they have a big dog and then realize they can't handle it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you go to the Humane Society on any given day, the majority of the dogs that are there are pit bulls and chihuahuas. Yep. And the chihuahuas, I noticed the intake of of chihuahuas increased right around the time that Paris Hilton had that chihuahua. Oh, God, yes. Because that's when it sort of started. The purse puppy. Yes, the purse puppy. And then after that, everyone wanted them. Mm-hmm. So people started getting chihuahuas, and then they realized this little dog is actually high-maintenance mm-hmm. little dog, and is a lot of them are mean and temperamental. They're very territorial and possessive of their owners. And, and not understanding that, I think a lot of people fostered those behaviors instead of working well, to sure, eliminate like them. putting it in a purse, and then they ended up at, at the you know, surrendered at the Humane Society. So yes, mostly today we want to talk about rescue animals and our local shelters and how COVID has affected our pets and animals Mm -hmm. and what our shelters are doing to um, help people during the COVID, uh, these COVID days and things like that. So um, Rochelle, you're wearing your... San Diego Zoo t-shirt today sure. with a gorilla on it. Because it's Animal Day. It's Animal Day. And you just came back um, from the San Diego Zoo yes. a couple weeks ago. Well, that was pretty interesting. So at this point in time, the keepers are not entering the enclosures. They're having absolutely no contact with these animals because uh, primates can catch COVID-19. And they're at high risk because they are, you know, in close proximity to one another. They're in these enclosures. So they're taking a very hands-off approach to a lot of the apes, the primates. You know, when I went to the San Diego Zoo, I think that was the first time that I saw people just really doing a good job about keeping six feet away from each other, wearing masks, using lots of hand sanitizer. I think people were the most conscious in that environment because I don't think people will mask up for each other, but they'll do it for animals. They'll mask up for a gorilla. Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, I would say that uh, within my lifetime, certainly the attitude towards animals has definitely changed. There are a lot more people nowadays who say, you know, They do anything for their animals. They treat their pets like children. They are highly connected to the animals within their life. I would say mostly that's correct. I know like the yearly, um, the pet industry as far as supplies and food Mm -hmm. is like a billion, gajillion dollars. I could probably get some actual statistics on that while we're talking. I mean, I would say for the most part, yes, the the pets in my house are all my adopted children. Right. And well, they're not, I don't call them my adopt. They're all my children. Um, I'm not saying everybody, I'm sure that the shelter numbers are still pretty bad, but I think that the prevailing opinion of adopt don't shop is really making a dent. What isn't people are doing a better job. I would agree. What is not still getting across though, at least in my neighborhood and the ones that I know 
um, as there have been reports in this particular city, mm-hmm. is spay and, and neutering neuter. your pet. Bob now, Barker was right. Bob Barker was right. I yeah. did a whole audio documentary on this topic. But the fact is, if you get a shelter pet, they already come spayed or neutered. Right. It's the other people that buy from breeders or, oh, I, uh-huh. I think I'm going to have make kittens or you, you, you get a pet or a stray and you don't neuter it. I won't even begin to tell you the story of how quickly a kitten can reproduce right. and how many kittens they can have. You but know. I will say this. I have seen a noticeable drop than, say, when I was younger in the number of, I'm going to use air quotes here, people, stray animals. I hardly ever see stray dogs anymore. Ever. Maybe in your neighborhood. Well, you're in My a slightly de- different demographic. I am in a different demographic. And I'm on the I south can tell you that when I worked in a neighborhood that was what I would say was a fairly similar demographic to this one, I did see dogs out wandering. The idea that, oh, well, you just let the dog out and then the dog will go do whatever it wants and come back. Well, I remember way back in the old days when you would go to the animal shelters and they were not fixed yet. They would just give you a certificate and you could take it to a vet. And too many people were not doing that. They weren't following up. They aren't. And then all it takes, every this is the first summer so far, fingers crossed, the first summer that I've lived in this neighborhood that I haven't been walking the dogs and came across a nursing mother mm-hmm. with kittens right and all of them now need to be number one it's a hundred and like right. gajillion degrees outside and they all need to be spayed and neutered and they're feral so try catching them mm-hmm. and if you don't catch them then you'll have more in just a few months <laughs> sure and more so two summers in a row i've had to deal with this and if you don't get a handle on it i've I, in fact i had a nightmare like the night before last that I was walking around my neighborhood and turned a corner and there were 50 cats and kittens. Yeah. All these cats and, and, mo- and they're mostly black cats too. Right. Anyway, so I thought we would first just, let's talk about the COVID aspect real quick because the CDC has some information. You said there were signs about the zoo that, um, you know, don't get the primates sick, right? And they don't have the people going in and out. So I didn't really see any signs. You didn't see any signs that specifically said these animals can catch it, but I, right. I, I think the idea had passed through the crowd, and I did hear one volunteer speak specifically mm-hmm. in regard to the primates. So I, I would hear people keep your mask on, you know, telling their kids keep your mask on. You don't want to make the animals sick, and I would right. see adults be very, very good. The best I've seen so far about keeping masks on their face and not touching themselves. Sure, like, you know, we don't want to get the animals sick, Yeah, but let's go over to Aunt Sally's this weekend and... Cough all over doorknobs or whatever. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, so... but I mean, I think that there are people out there, far more than there used to be, that would be willing to make a sacrifice for an animal versus a human. It, right. That is not too unusual of a thing. So, um, according to the CDC, and again, as we... As we spoke a couple episodes ago, take all of your information that you get online in stride, even if it is from a .gov or a Uh .edu or something normally credible, because right now, especially now in election season, there's just a heightened influx of fake fake news and fake information. But um, this looks pretty cut and dry so far. So at this time, there's no evidence that animals play a significant role in the spread of the virus. Yes. Uh, Based on the limited information available, the risks of animals spreading COVID-19 to people is considered to be low, but more studies are needed to understand if and how different animals could be affected. 
by um, COVID-19. And we're still learning about this virus, but it appears that it can spread from people to animals in some situations. Now, what exactly have they found? So I was curious, you know, is this a virus that we can spread? Well, kind of like the flu virus. We have swine flu, we have avian flu. That's... Okay, so... There was uh, the first case of an animal testing positive for COVID-19 was a tiger at the New York Zoo. Okay. And we know that cats, dogs, and a few other types of animals can be infected um, with the SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-2 virus. It's the virus that causes COVID-19, but we don't know yet. Well, you know that kennel cough in dogs. Is that a SARS? That's coronavirus. That is a coronavirus. Not the one that we're dealing with right now, but, but it is one. a coronavirus. Yes. Okay. So I wonder if that's the same as like the SARS-CoV-2, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. So it says we don't yet know all of the animals that can get infected, um, but there have been reports of animals being infected worldwide. So a small number of pets, a small number of pet cats and dogs have been reported to be infected with a virus in several countries, including the U.S. Most of these pets became sick after contact with people with COVID-19. Hmm. So several lions and tigers at New York Zoo tested positive after showing signs of respiratory illness. Public health officials believe these large cats became sick after being exposed to a zoo employee who was infected with SARS-CoV-2. All of these large cats have fully recovered. Mm -hmm. So that's good. But that makes sense then if um, the San Diego Zoo caught wind of any of that. They're like, well, shit, we're just not going to send our our employees in there and everyone's going to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. So um, the COVID-2 virus was recently discovered in a mink, um, you know, closely related to ferals, on multiple farms in the Netherlands. The mink showed respiratory and gastrointestinal signs. The Mm -hmm. farms also experienced an increase in mink deaths. So I hope no one's buying fur anyway. Well, kennel cough's been around a long time. Some farm cats on several mink farms also developed antibodies to this virus, suggesting they had been exposed to the virus. Mm -hmm. So that's currently under additional investigation. Infection might be in pets as well as uh, the possible role of pets in the spread of this virus. All of that's still being investigated. The U.S. Department of Agriculture maintains a list of all animals with confirmed infections with the SARS-CoV. Mm-hmm. Recent research shows that ferrets, cats, and golden Syrian hamsters can be experimentally infected with the virus and can spread the infection to other animals of the same species in laboratory settings. Sure, but are you talking, you're talking about SARS-CoV. Yeah, they're talking about SARS-CoV because that's the one that can make the other one happen. Mice, pigs, chickens, and ducks do not seem to become infected or spread the infection. A number of studies have investigated non-human primates as models for human infection. So there's all these guidelines and what to do if your, you know, your pet is experiencing signs. I mean, we have a sick cat right now, but it's nothing respiratory. She's just on a hunger strike. If your pet tests positive for the virus, isolate the pet from everyone else, including other pets. But what I'm wondering is like, can they just test my pet down at the Banfield at PetSmart? You know, that's that's what we need to find out. Like, well, where can you I'm go assuming test your they pet? would use the same test that they would use on pet. They use on pets to determine kennel cough, which is a coronavirus. So, yeah, I would assume they could they could test them. I know when I worked in the shelter, you know, in intake, I didn't work in intake. But when you would intake an animal, you would you would give them um, 
It was actually a drop that went up the nose to try to stop the spread of kennel cough because kennel cough was devastating to the animals. They're in close proximity to one another. You know, they're breathing the same air. They're, they're barking. They're meowing. They're, there's a lot of droplet transfer. And it, when an animal gets sick with kennel cough, they, they can't blow their nose. And they don't really open up their mouths to breathe. So it was, it was a really bad upper respiratory. And then once it, you know, started to go down into the lungs, there was no choice but to euthanize them. All right. It does say that um, the COVID-19 tests for pets now available to veterinarians. Yeah. Um, tests for COVID-19 in animals are available for most type of pets, but testing is only recommended for animals with symptoms uh-huh. and that have been exposed to a person with COVID-19. Based on the limited information available now, the risk of pets spreading COVID-19 to people is considered to be low. So it doesn't say anything about the same as a kennel cough test. So this might be a whole other... Might be a different one. A whole other new test. So who knows? You'd have to call your vet personally on that note. Anyhow, I wanted to know too um, what's going on with the Humane Societies right now because typically this time of year, um, summer is the worst time for pet surrenders. Oh, yes. Um, Especially cats. It's a bad time, so I was wondering what is the effect right now, considering that um, aren't the humane societies closed? Like, you can't, can you adopt right now? Like, how's that working? Are you looking at I know stuff? a lot of people were turning in their animals. Right. At the start of the shenanigans. Well, sure, because lost their damn everyone lost their job. Oh, no, they're open. You can still go in and adopt an animal. This is our own Arizona Humane Society, but let's. Um, Take a look here. They made some temporary changes to safeguard the community and staff. Mm-hmm. All visitors who enter the building are required to wear a mask. They'll offer you a mask free of charge. And they continue to provide um, medical care for sick, injured, and abused animals. Mm-hmm. Rescue and cruelty investigations. That's true because, like I mentioned before, I had to call the cruelty line a couple of times for the, the dog across the street. And... Um, they're still oper- operating their Parvo puppy. I see you. Good. And it's a wonderful organization. Donate to them if you can. The Parvo puppy. I, I see you. And any of the Arizona Humane Society. I want to say I worked there about three years and have nothing but wonderful things to say about them. And everyone who works there, they really put themselves, they put the pets first. They put the animals first. They give them the best possible care they can. Okay. Here's what they have um, suspended. As far as COVID, they are not currently accepting healthy stray or un- owner surrendered surrendered pets. So I imagine that the intake is going to be relatively lower than normal if they're not taking any. And I imagine they're not taking any because they can't measure who might be surrendering a pet that came from a sick household or has COVID. And they could be spreading COVID throughout the place from pet to pet. You never know. Mm-hmm. So they're not taking in pets. Um, or they're not taking in pets or strays. They've closed down all of their community events and classroom programs. Mm -hmm. They've closed down their walk-in vaccine clinics, no volunteers, and temporary pet placement programs. So while all of these other things um, are great that they're open for, they're not taking in any more, but you can go and adopt, it looks like. You can still adopt pets. So it's a great time to go and adopt a pet, especially if you've been cooked up in your house for months and you're lonely and you need to take care of something, now's the time. On a national level, here's some information. The Humane Society of the United States 
is doing a number of things to help people during the crisis. They launched the COVID-19 Relief Fund to support animal shelters, rescue groups, and other organizations that are responding to the economic impacts of the COVID-19 outbreak with the goal of keeping people and their pets together, mm-hmm. you know, because people lose their jobs. And then, so if you lose, if you were to lose your job, if you're an asshole person that is not one of the people that consider your pet to be your child like we do, mm-hmm. and you lose your job and you have your pet and you can't surrender it to the Humane Society, what are you going to do? This is how I think Foxy, um, a situation like that is how Foxy became a cat in this house. Mm-hmm. You just what? Let him outside and never, you know, don't ever let him back in and move away. I, I think you that's know? how I got my cat, too. Yeah. I think she You're was just, just abandoned. Somebody moved. Abandoned. Yeah. She was skin and bones when she showed up at my house. There was so a, I fed her <laughs> and she never left. Right. Someone posted yesterday that there was a box full of puppies found. Um, out in the heat somewhere mm-hmm. by a dumpster. Mm-hmm. You know, people are assholes. So again, I know you said for the most part, mo- we want to think that most of us are responsible with our pets and treat them as children, but there are still a significant number of assholes out there that are abusive to animals that do really bad things to cats and dogs. You know, I've lost three of the ferals outside. And again, they're, they're ferals. They're not mine, but they are mine because I spent the last three years trapping and neutering these cats mm-hmm. and putting out food stations and water stations for them and they follow me when I walk around and they know who I am so to go out one day and see like one's been killed somehow mm-hmm. and to have that happen twice and to have to take another one in with respiratory problems and have it put down is very it's difficult not saying it's over completely. I'm just saying it has gotten better. It really has. I think all the effort is worth it 100%. I think people are very conscious of adopt, don't shop much more than they used, than they to, used be. to be. Much more. Um, I think people are much more willing to invest in their animals' well being than they used to be. Much more than they used to be fingers crossed that that is it takes it takes time for changes to go through it really does you put your effort into this neighborhood and it's shown this is the first year you have not seen a mother nursing baby kittens so far is it because you put the effort into fixing the strays in your area oh whatever happened to that big ass white cat did terry come get him no um John Snow. That's what yeah. we call that cat. I liked that cat a lot. If it wasn't for me, I'd have taken that cat in a heartbeat. The last day I saw that cat was the last day I saw Grammy Cat yeah. alive. And he now hangs out in the backyard um, diagonal to me. I see him out there. John and Snow. John yeah. Snow. And he, he came and got food here like a month yeah. ago. He stopped by. I gave him some pets. Yep. He looks pretty good. He's it, healthy. He's getting, he's getting food somewhere. And that's usually it. Like, if I don't see him for a while, either something bad has happened or they found a more comfortable place to spend the right, summer. Right. You know, it, it's a hot it's hot out there. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, just in Arizona alone, speaking of cats and ferals and free roaming, the last statistics I had when I did my audio documentary, Diary of a Mad Cat Lady. Yeah, Diary yeah. of a Mad Cat Woman, was there were over 240,000 free-roaming cats in this state alone. Right. That is a lot of irresponsible people failing to spay, spay, and, neuter, and, neuter. spay and neuter their cat. I cannot tell you how important that is. 
So a free roaming cat is any type of cat that is not confined in a house or any other type of enclosure. So that includes pets, strays, and ferals. <clears throat> we had a neighbor right next door to another lady who does TNR. Again, that's trap new to return. Right. And she had, you know, pets with collars mm-hmm. and um, would just let them out. They weren't neutered. They weren't spayed. You can't do that. Right. You cannot do that. They'll go out and have sex. They will. Yeah. And then they come home with kittens. Right. And then what are you going to do with those kittens? Put them in a box by a dumpster? Mm-hmm. So I have more information on cats than dogs because there's not too many stray dogs um that i've trapped and neutered. in fact well, i haven't done none okay so keep in mind in the state of arizona a cat is considered a free roaming animal right but dogs aren't but dogs are not no. you need to have them licensed they must be on a leash exactly um this is from the no kill advocacy center these are their regular statistics from what i see there's nothing additional due to covid but typically there are roughly 2 million dogs and cats killed in U.S. shelters annually right. because they lack a home. But as many as 30 million Americans add a new animal to their households every year. That means for, for every 30 pets, for every 30 new pets mm-hmm. that are adopted, two are killed in a shelter. That's kind of, that's sad. So, again, most of these advocacy centers and the Humane Society, etc., will say, we don't have a pet overpopulation problem. We have a market share challenge, is what they're <laughs> saying. When shelters compete for the market share of homes and keep animals alive long enough to find those homes, shelter animals are saved rather than killed. So, I found an article... Now, this article is a little bit old. It was published September 3rd, 2019 in the New York Times. And they say that euthanasia rates at animal shelters have dropped in big cities in recent years, falling more than 75% since 2009, which I think is good news. That is good news. It is good news. I'm all for cancel culture on people that don't spay and neuter their pets I'll, I'll just call them out on social media oh yeah in fact that person no, we were talking about earlier maybe i shouldn't be like hey did you have you neutered your pet yet did you neuter the ones you just got rid of exactly when they say two million dogs and cats are killed in u.s shelters because they lack a home keep in mind that about six million animals enter shelters every year and 1.5 animals are killed just in general and 30 million acquire a new companion animal every year. 30 million people. Less than 1% of shelter animals are suffering, have suffering. That means they're Well, totally, most of the time they're when, they're, when they're perfectly fine, it's a Perfect. behavior problem. And the behavior was the or human's no. inability to train them to behave properly. Or no, we're moving and we don't have room anymore. Or we Which have, is just code no. for I'm not able to house train right. this dog. Or we have a new baby. That's it. We yeah. don't need the dog anymore. That is so fucked up. I hate those people. Let's talk about the companion animal thing. That's blown up in recent years. You mean like the mental, the emotional support animal? Yeah. All of my, see, that doesn't make any sense. All of my animals are emotional support animals. Any animal is an emotional support animal. But, but to put a little vest on it, it and take it into the grocery store with you. 
Yeah, my that's not going to work with Edie because she's going to bite someone. Yeah. and I'm going to get sued. And it's, then, I, and then I think the people who do need, say, like guidance animals, they're harmed by that. The re- the people who really the need people it. who really need it, because someone has slapped a fake vest on their dog and taken it into the grocery store, and then the dog is peed on the floor. I see so many people now walking their dogs in the grocery store, and the thing is, City of Phoenix, that is a huge no no. That is a health code violation. But now people just service take animals, official mm-hmm. service animals, you can may buy, enter a grocery store. You can buy a service animal vest on Amazon. Yeah, I think, you can. And just make your dog a service animal. Americans spend $72.5 billion on pets each mm-hmm. year, and we'll spend $100 billion in the next few years. Vet care is second only to daily essentials and overall spending. Like I said, we spent like, we dropped 300 yesterday just to find out our cat was not a diabetic. You know what's funny is I, I've, a knock on wood, oh my God, I've never really had to do that. I got, peed all his shots, you know, we got fixed, yeah. he got all of his kitty cat shots, and, he just and then he old. was just, he just healthy as heck his whole life. Yeah, no, yeah. 65% of households have pets, a rate mm-hmm. that is growing. The percentage of animals acquired from shelters and rescue groups is growing. So yes, those statistics you gave are, are on. The number of communities with breed discriminatory legislation is declining. Mm-hmm. And the last statewide ban was repealed. So neighborhoods where, oh, you can't have a pit bull or a big dog here. Those are going away. Yes. Because they're finding out that's more about how the behavioral problems in those breeds are uh, learned and conditioned and not genetic. They're not part of the breed. For the most part, the people I know that have pit bulls have like really sweet pit bulls mm-hmm. and the people with asshole pit bulls raise them to be assholes. Well, you know, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Exactly. 81% consider their animal companions to be surrogate children. Mm-hmm. That is correct. I even have clothes for them that they hate to wear. I don't know. I, I think that can be a mistake sometimes. <laughs> I think uh, they won't wear them. I can't even put a bandana no, not, on them. Not the clothing. The the only re- place that I take issue with is that I do see that sometimes people will project their thoughts and feelings and emotions onto, onto their animal. animal. Sure. And that is not, not always not the best thing to do. Um, so just to clarify, I like to put my animals in their warm sweaters and stuff. Well, and your dogs. Yeah, they're little they, dogs. They're they little like dogs. that. No, they don't. That's they it. don't? Oh, then they I would hate do it. it. Remember that dog? Oh, my little Margie. Whenever she would get in trouble, you know, because she was so tiny, her punishment would be a fashion show. You didn't talk about her last time, but she was at Dachshund. She was the dog. She was. She was was the. mm, It's not that she was mean. She didn't like me. She came from a really bad background. A really, you know, she got turned in because it's not that she was mean. She needed a lot of work with behavior modification. And sometimes people are not able to take the best care of their pets. That was a lot of work. A lot of work. That was very consistent, almost 24 hours a day, working those behaviors out of her. And then when did, what happened to her? Um, after I had John, she just wasn't getting the amount of attention that she needed. She did need a lot of attention. Okay, wait. So you were the, so, we just had a new baby? No, so no, no. Getting... Nope. <laughs> So when we took John to India, I had asked a friend of mine if she would watch watch Marge for me. And she's like, I can't, but my parents can. And I was very nervous because Marge did not like old people. Yeah. She had a very visceral reaction to anyone who had gray hair. 
And I was like, I don't know if this is going to this is going to work. So, but, but they fell in love with her. Oh, she... yeah. So she went to their house and they fell in love with Marge. And Marge was happy because Marge had Someone all home. of the attention again. Marge was used to like, I would take her to work with me. Um, I would take her places and work on the behaviors and you know, I had time and I had the knowledge because I read all those behavior books at yeah. PetSmart all day when I worked for the Humane Society. Um, so I did some really intensive behavioral therapy with her. And it was good because I got a lot of those uh, behaviors dealt with, just like Edie. You well, just right. have to keep working. Was she a, um, by the way, Edie is one of my um, chihuahua. Yeah. Um, and, Edie and, and Edie gets along with me too. because she does a lot of the same thing that Marge did. Was Too Marge much staring. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so I went to India and Marge, we were in India for about two months. And so Marge went to my friend's parents' house for two months. And when I got back, my friend told me, we know you just had a baby. How do you feel about her staying here permanently because my dad is in love with Marge. Like he, he was letting her drink out of his drink and everything and feeding her food on the side. And oh, she had it good then. Yeah. And then I found out she peed on their carpet and I was like, Oh, oh God. Shit. And, and her mom was so happy because she's been trying to get the carpet replaced for so many years. And her dad was like, no, the carpet's fine. Well then Marge peed on it and they had to get the carpet replaced. So she was like, dog can stay as far as I'm concerned. I got new flooring. <laughs> She wanted tile or something. I don't know. But Marge was a very, you know, very sweet dog. And she was back to getting that 24 hour attention, you know, that she needed that she needed. Yes, she needed a lot of attention. And, you know, when I was young and I didn't have a kid, I could give it to her. But it was absolutely not. I had a baby. Let's get rid of the dog. No, I was keeping her behavior problems and all. Right. I was just going to figure it out. So hy- hypothetical question. Because he then. was eight months old when we went to India and I had kept her the whole time. So let's pretend like, okay, let's say that happened right now during the COVID time and you can't surrender the dog because the Humane Society is not taking in any surrenders mm-hmm. and there wasn't a home to take her to. What would you have done with Marge? I would have just kept her. Right. My intention the entire time was just to keep her and work through the behavior problems because she loved John. Oh, yeah. That was her baby, too. She loved, you know, licking his fingers and his feet. Yeah. Yes. She she really did need, you know, somebody to coddle her. (laughs) You know, by hook or by crook, I have kept my pets. Yes. By hook or by crook, no matter what, I found a way. I mean, there was a point in time where Pete had to go live with somebody else for about a month. Until I could get it situated. But never once did I think about turning him in. Um, I will find a way to keep those pets. And I think we're seeing more of that too. I mean, you've been in situations and by hook or by crook, you kept your pets. Yeah, it's a lifetime commitment. I don't understand people like the people we were talking about earlier that can be like, oh, it's not working out. I shouldn't have gotten this dog. I'm just going to give it away. And then the next day, get a new dog. Let me ask you this. But that's an, hmm, ugh, ugh, irritating. No, but look at it this way. Based just on the sheer number of pets that we've had in our lifetime, we don't just frivolously take animals. No. I want a puppy. No way. Dude, I've wanted a dog forever. But I know about the responsibility levels. I don't have a dog. I don't have the personal time to give to it, to mm-hmm. train it. I know that the type of dog that my husband wants 
that dog is never going to be his dog. That dog's going to love me way is, more than it's going to love what him. What does he want? He wants a German Shepherd, but he wants a male. And I said, nope, you got to get a female. No, I don't want a female. I'm like, okay, but if you get a boy German Shepherd, it's never going to be your dog. The dog is going to love me and not you because you're not home enough. And I'm home all the time. Not to mention, we don't have a dog because nobody wants to pick up dog poop. Think it out, right. you know. I'm not going to get a big dog that's going to the wind up with the health dog. problems because it doesn't get exercised enough. Right. The bigger the dog, the bigger the poo. You have a big yard, though. They can I have run a big around. Pug. I could have a dog. I have a huge yard. My son wants a pug or he wanted uh, a bulldog. And I'm like, you can't have a dog with a pushed in nose. We have a pool. If it falls in, it's, it's dead. Gonna, it's going to drown. Yeah. So no, no dogs with you pushed in noses. You can just Edie and without me there. And, and John <laughs> no, and Edie can I will friends. not do, I will not do a dog that sh- I, I'm, the Jack Russell terrorists, they shed so much. I, I cannot do. handle that. It's a lot. It's a lot. I can't. It's, you know, I've lived with it all my life. Anyway, well, most of it. Seeing your animal is the fastest growing segment of the pet population. Oh, my God. I love old cats. They're so funny. Pete, once he got over about 11, oh, my God, he was the best. He was my grouchy old man. Love old cats. They're funny as shit. They are funny. Three out of four people say it should be illegal to kill animals if the animals are healthy or treatable. Yeah. I agree, too. But then that comes down to, well, what do the shelters do? You know, the euthanasia rate is, is um, still... Maybe they're talking about in reference to people who just take their animals to the vet to euthanize because the animal is an inconvenience. Although I would say people are not doing that as much anymore. They better not. Yeah. That's, that's messed up. Would you take your child... There's a really good there video. There are some days. <laughs> There's a really good video I, I, they were playing at one time. Was, I don't know if it was for the Humane Society or what, but the whole commercial is a little girl and the and she like wants attention and they're like, no, I'm working. Uh-huh. And then they, uh, they end up like just getting out of the car and putting her on the side of the road and uh-huh. then driving away and she looks so sad. And then the next shot is the girl as a dog. Mm-hmm. And it was like, would you do this to your child? Mm-hmm. It was is very powerful. Oh, the pathos even now. It's mm-hmm. like watching those Sarah McLaughlin. In the arms of okay, but can we can we talk? <laughs> and this cracks me up because people out there, you know, y'all do this, okay? On social media, the people who complain the most about other people posting pictures of their children are the people who mo- post the most pictures of their cats. That is one thing I have noticed. Anybody who complains about people posting shots of babies will post 110 pictures of their cats in a given period. It I'm, cracks me up. I don't complain about people posting their babies. No, I don't baby. complain about anything people post, except when they post stuff that makes me mad. But even then. <laughs> I post I post animal pictures. Yeah. I don't complain too much about people's baby pictures. You can post your baby picture if you want. I yeah. don't complain too much. But I don't think I post that many animal pictures. No. No, I'm just saying the but people who are willing to complain about the baby picture posts to be the most happen to be the most likely to post a whole bunch of pictures of their pets that really aren't that flattering. New veterinary techniques and treatments are being driven by a population willing to spend anything and do anything for the animals they love. Hence yes. the $300 bill yesterday to find out our cat is not diabetic. <laughs> Don't know what's wrong with her. We can take her back tomorrow for an expensive ennui. ultrasound. That's what's wrong with your cat. Ennui. She does have ennui. Feline ennui. Seriously. Anyway. Um, the number of communities saving over 95% of the animals in their tax-funded shelters is growing. Mm-hmm. For example, over 50 of Michigan's 80 shelters 
save at least 90%. Consequently, the number killed is declining. Yeah. 96% of Americans say we have a moral duty to protect animals and should have strong laws to do so. So it's 4% that are still assholes. I guess that's relatively low. If that is so, there's a lot of assholes in my neighborhood, though. The guy across the street, and I wonder what happened to that poor dog, if he moved and surrendered that dog, or if it's just miserable in another yard somewhere, mm-hmm. where no one isn't going to make the phone calls that I made. I think that's going to be harder to to find, uh, is an area that would tolerate that type of behavior. Well, even the next door neighbor had said something to me, like, what's with the dog across the street out mm-hmm. being out? side all the time and I told him yeah I've called I've called the animal cruelty number three times on that guy and that's not a big enough yard for a dog I think that my yard is barely big enough for a dog the yard's big and the yard's okay for a dog but you can't leave the dog outside all all day in the sunshine and when it's raining and when it's 30 degrees and the dog would cry why have a dog if that is neglect oh it absolutely is because it's psychologically devastating to a dog to be ostracized from the the family unit you can't do that to a dog but the neighbor even questioning me like what's with the dog and me telling him how i have called he could have very well have called Mm -hmm. a number but you know so people won't step in you know won't call their neighbors out i'll call you out yeah but i don't think you're the only person willing to do that i think a lot more people these days are willing to stand up for animals i really than they used to be you're right but we do have some asshole friends and we know some asshole people yeah. is what I'm saying that yes, still aren't doing it. So at the end of the day, the point is, number one, pets are a responsibility as big as children. Yes. So heads up, don't get one if you're not ready for that 20 year commitment. Sure. You need to think of it as a 20 year commitment because I know cats that have lived 20, but your dog is going to live to a be at least about 15 years old yeah 12 to 15 it is a 12 to 15 year commitment it is a commitment and a relationship if you're not ready then don't get a dog number two mm-hmm. get a shelter pet or if you want to get a dog from a breeder then you need to spay or neuter your pet you're not going to be a breeder now you no. don't know shit about breeding no and you don't know no one wants don't, your dumb don't dog. make a living off of your dog's womb that that's is, just sick that is messed up so Spay and neuter your pets, buy a shelter pet, and know the commitment before you get a pet at all. Follow these rules and we will decrease the number of animals that have to be killed. We'll decrease the number of animals going into shelters and we'll decrease the number of animals on the streets. We have to remember that these are animals that we have domesticated into our society as companion animals. Mm -hmm. These aren't like wild animals. You know, that we need to control through like, oh, we need to kill some or, or let, you know. Yeah, like you're all. not going out and culling the population. Exactly. But I would point out that it is likely that the people in our listening audience do this already. I would agree. But if so you have I a would friend. Say, that's, that was going to be my next point. I would you. say instead of, you know, preaching that there are still assholes out there, which, yes, there absolutely are. I would like to say Things I'm not preaching. Things are getting better. So okay. Well, okay. all right. Okay. But um, things are getting better. But don't, uh, you know what? Approach people about this. Like Tracy said, if you have a neighbor that you feel is neglecting an animal, don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, if you are afraid to say something to them, 
and you feel that they are truly neglecting an animal, don't be afraid to call the authorities. I now, did. Yeah. Call them. Have the, it never hurts for Maricopa County to come take a look or Arizona Humane Society to come take a look. Does the animal have adequate food, water, shelter? That's what they want to know. And they're not going to be afraid to educate that pet owner. And then that pet owner is kind of, you know, put on notice. Your neighbors are noticing what you're doing with your animal. You have a couple of choices to make. Treat it better or find someone else who will. Don't we have a law here now that you're not allowed to leave your dog in the car in the summer with right, the, right at all, even with, with or without the window rolled up? You're not allowed. They can call they're, they're you. They're not allowed. Yeah. They can call you. So just FYI, if you leave a dog in the backyard, if you see a dog in the backyard, like in the dead of summer, um, cause I'm like, well, what's considered shelter? Cause that's exactly it. If they, the humane society or no one can, no one can get involved as long as there is water and adequate shelter. However, adequate shelter can also be just one of those like giant crates in the backyard. And when it's like 116 degrees outside, do you know how hot it is in mm-hmm. that crate? Mm-hmm. The fact is this particular house had no shade at all for this dog but if he had water and if he had that crate then that's considered they unfortunately they can't get involved but the thing is he didn't have any water mm-hmm. there was no water dish out there yeah so the day after i complained i didn't see that dog outside anymore for a while and then the guy moved so mm-hmm. like i said i hope well then how about this why don't we push let's see what we need to do to get some legislation to change what the parameters are around adequate care for an animal. You mean what do you think it's going to take to change that? I think, I think, I think people they, would be much more willing to get out and vote for this than maybe they, they would have previously, you know, do we contact local representatives? Hey, I, it, might, it might be rough right now, Sure, but I let's push ha- for better animal welfare laws. I would agree. Um, yeah, I think they have their hands full right now with, uh, yeah, the, with the COVID shit. But who knows how long that's going to be. I didn't know right now that you can't surrender a pet because of COVID. So that's... Yeah, I looked it I, up. Maricopa no. County, no no owner surrenders. No uh, owner they surrenders. have stray. You can have a stray picked up. You can have bites called in. But they're saying no owner surrenders either. If you see a situation, don't just let it slide. How's that? Don't think that somebody else will call it in. Be the, be, be the, the person, person and take that action. I think that's good advice. But also, if you want more information on um, your pets and the coronavirus, you can visit the humanesociety.org. has some great resources there, as well as the CDC. Again, I warned you about information from the CDC. Just read it carefully. I think this, this part's a bit more cre- credible than the section on um, sending our kids back to school is important. Yeah, that looks like mm-hmm. that looks like somebody had to mm-hmm. run that past a certain editor. Oh, so, I think that was mm-hmm. that was written at the request of the higher ups. I to, would agree. To back the I commander would. in chief. Mm-hmm. But so yes, ch- uh, visit your humane society, and um, if you're interested in testing your animal, if your animal is sick, then check with your vet because it looks like they should have some testing available. And in the meantime, please spay and neuter your pet and tell your friends to spay and neuter their pets. And if your neighbor's been an asshole, then call the animal cruelty line, cancel culture their ass. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to say. So, okay, let's talk real quick about... Oh, I heard that dog. Yeah. (laughs) It's like she knows we're going to talk about it. But I think you can't edit those out. The pet noises. No, I can't. That's going to be part of it. Pet noises? Isn't that an album? Who put that out? I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about... Training. Training. 
training the pets. So Edie, who's who's let, let's tell the story of Edie real quick because okay. she's an interesting case. I think they're shaking again. They're, that is their signal to me that it's time for their walk. Yeah, that's what that is. Anyhow, but we'll get to that in a minute. So um, I have my little Toby dog, mm-hmm. and I figured he needed um, a companion, but I was going to let him choose because it's his decision. So he went to a couple different places, and he didn't seem to like anybody. So then we were driving, and I drove next to Halo, and they were just, um, they were an adoption center and fostering center, and they had just ended their day at PetSmart where they were doing an adoption day and bringing all their animals over. Yeah. So they were just now, all the animals that didn't get adopted, they were unloading the trucks and putting them back in there. I'm like, oh, they, they still look open. And I went in, I'm like, are you open? They're like, yeah, we're open for another half hour. Have a look around. And I had Toby with me. So I'm like, all right, Toby, let's look around. There were a shit ton of chihuahuas in a yard and they were all barking and being chihuahuas. Being chihuahuas. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not seeing any. And Toby's like, screw these. You know, Toby's very particular about things. So he's like, no. We're like, okay, let's go in and look around. So we went inside and they had a little puppy. It was all black. It was like a, a some sort of poodle, shih tzu poodle. Oh, a little shitty poo. It was a shitty poo. And it was cute, and it was, and and I was playing. It was really cute, and but Toby was like, "Nah, not feeling it." So we walked around some more, and in the very back, in a crate, um, with her big eyes and and her ears back, was was Edie. And normally the pets there, they were the puppy was like two hundred and fifty dollars, and I think everyone else was like one fifty or something like that. And I'm like, well, "What's going on with this dog out here?" And they said. Oh, she's only $50. I'm like, oh, why is she only $50? And this was February. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, she's been here since Christmas. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. She was just, you know, an owner surrender. There wasn't much information. So I'm like, all right, we'll take take her out. I know she looks a little, looks a little sketchy. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's cute, but sketchy. So it took her out and her and Toby seemed to get along. They were just kind of sitting and hanging out together and they seemed, you know, amiable to one another sniffing butts being happy yeah and just kind of hanging you know just sitting down together and already kind of in their yin yang position you know like this is great okay i think he's made his choice so um we immediately go to PetSmart and i get some supplies and whatever and she's still being very good and then the minute i get her home and get everything set up she she runs all over the house Mm -hmm. as if to check it out like okay this is cool and then just as it's she's terrorizing she barks you know, she'd be barking and at every sound and howling and would bite, <laughs> trying to bite countless people. people. I took her to two um, obedience training classes. Mm-hmm. You know, they were what, like a month long or something, mm-hmm. two months long. Um, she bit a kid <laughs> during obedience. Mm-hmm. Well, the kid reached out. Yeah. You know, don't reach your hand out to a dog like they're telling you right now, like how to act when you're around a dog and this and that. But, you know, he reached his hand out and she bit him. And she, she doesn't growl when she bites. She'll just bite you. Yeah. Anyhow, so she has some behavioral problems, we'll say. So I put her through two of those. She went through the advanced training as well and learned, you know, um, sit and lay and drop it and, you know, leave it and those types of things. But she's still very, very um, aggressive around strangers and especially men. So it makes me think that she was abused by a man. She also has terrible puppy dreams and mm-hmm. cries in her sleep and barks. And if I wake her up out of it, she will be then awake and crying. 
and needs to be comforted. So mm-hmm. she, I don't know what happened to her, but she has some trauma. Now, has she tried to bite you? Not really. Not really? Or she did once or twice to test you out and then was done? She's never bitten me. but I th- Has I'm... she ever snapped at you? There might have been some, early I don't on. Know, no, not early. No, not early on. I don't know if she if she had something on her. Like I, I was trying to do something, not play, mm-hmm. but get to something or do do something. I, yeah, do something, and she she got a little snappy, and I told her, "Don't get get snappy at me." But no, she's not. She never bit me. She's never bitten me. And then she'll she'll accidentally like bite me when we're playing or jump mm-hmm. on. You know that. Well, that's that, different. that's different. So I had Marge. Yeah. And Marge was my problem female. And this is what her main aggression triggers were. People who did not pick up their feet when they walked or wore flip-flops. She didn't like people who dragged their feet or shoes that made that snapping noise. That would flip-flops she bite made. them from behind she with their ankles? She would attack. She would go right for their feet attacking. From behind or the front? Front back sideways it was a constant like i had to watch people's feet so how do you train a dog the, with that it, her other trigger was white hair if she saw someone with a head full of gray or r- white hair she would attempt to attack them too did she come from a house with people with white hair that this abused is, her this is what i think the problem was i think Somebody got grandma a puppy and grandma did not have the ability to train a puppy properly. Marge had a terrible time with potty training. She did not want you to see her go to the bathroom. Well, yeah, if you have somebody who doesn't know how to potty train a dog, dogs get terrified to use the bathroom, especially in front of you, in front of you. You're going to beat me if I go to the bathroom. Why would I go to the bathroom? So that was my opinion that somebody had gotten, uh, had gotten Marge for somebody's grandma and she had peed on the carpet one too many times and then probably got spanked, got her nose shoved in it, you know, all of that stuff. So this is how I got Marge. I came to the Humane Society because I worked at a PetSmart in the adoption area and I walk in for the day and this is before the dogs arrive. So I have to take care of all the cats. And there is this three page long letter about this dog and what a terror she is and how she's probably going to bite somebody and she's vicious. And I'm like, well, why the fuck are they sending this dog out? This because at the Arizona Humane Society and I back them 100% on this. You cannot adopt a dog that bites. Right. Um, because it will hurt someone, you know, and it doesn't matter what kind of dog it is. You wouldn't allow this behavior from a pit bull if it just randomly bit people. You can't allow it from a chihuahua or, a, you know, when Marge was a dachshund. She was like a pair of scissors on legs. So I read this long-winded letter about this vicious dog. And I think, oh, all right, you know, I'll watch this dog. And it was basically like, watch this dog. It's going to hurt somebody. And I thought, why are they bringing it back out? This is stupid. So the dogs arrive and the driver brings in the cutest dachshund I have ever seen in my whole life. She was a little dapple. She was black with little gray spots on her. And I I said, all right, here we go. So the driver leaves. You know, this dog loved the driver. He was, she was giving him kisses. And I'm like, that can't be the right dog. Is this the right paper? So I pull her paper and I look and I'm looking at the, yeah, that's her. And I thought, okay, 
Before I let a single person into this room, I locked the door. I opened the the um, the doors to her kennel, and I let her out. And I'm like, all right, dog, if you're going to attack me, let's do it now. Before I let anybody in this room, let's see what happens. And she comes out of the kennel, and she looks me in the eye, and then she rolls over and shows me her belly. And she's just the cutest thing, and I'm rubbing her little tummy, and she's jumping up and giving me kisses. And I'm like, this is the cutest dog I've ever seen. And I had this older lady that kept coming in looking for a miniature dachshund. And I thought, boy, I sure hope she comes in today. She's been looking for one of these, and I finally have one for her. So I lock everything back up, and I open the door, and I put the open sign up, and an older lady and a little girl come in, and I thought, oh, they're going to like this dog, and this dog was so sweet, and I thought, it's got to be this other dog, and I'm looking at the other dog, and the other dog was just hanging out, seemed okay. Yeah, and then Did no the older lady sooner, have gray hair? The older lady had gray hair, and the little girl and the older lady looked down into the kennel, and they... Uh, I'm pretty sure Marge was Schutzen trained and her attack phrase was, oh, aren't you cute? Or, <laughs> oh, aren't you adorable? And I she saw Cujo come to life, scared the piss out of me. And probably Because I see the fingers go in the cage oh, and no. I would always be like, no, 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 no fingers in the cage, guys. Please don't do that. If you want to see the dog, let me know. I'll pull the dog out. But I didn't want people poking their fingers in the cage because you never know. Um, and so, yeah, Cujo came to life. And I see these people pull their fingers out just in time. And you hear that jaw snap shut. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So I tell them, okay, you got to go. And then I close the door. And I'm like looking at this little dog like, I can't adopt you You're the out same in dog. good conscience. Right. I cannot allow this dog to be adopted. You just can't. Who is she going to bite? Right. I would never adopt out that type of dog to somebody who is unsuspecting. And I knew right then and there. My choice was I take this dog home or she goes back to the shelter to be euthanized. There's right. just no two ways about it. She was a dangerous dog. End of story. So a lot like Edie, she would go after people she didn't know. I had to give people really strict instructions. It's don't a- talk to her for at least 15 minutes. Don't look her in the eye. Don't talk to her. She does not exist until she approaches you. Okay. Right. She don't, has to make the decision. She has to make the decision to come up to you. She so does not exist. It surprises me though that she ended up being so happy at a house where there were gray haired people. It right? surprised me too. It was a huge surprise. But you have to understand I had her three years. That was three years of intensive training. Yeah. My mom being the gray haired guinea pig. I see. So I would take her over to my mom's house because my mom had long white hair. And I'd be like, all right, mom, I need you to (laughs) listen to me. Just pretend like she doesn't exist. Okay. That's all I need you to do. Pretend like she doesn't exist. Don't look at her. Don't talk to her. And then would you have to Caesar Milan her if she went for her? Oh, yeah. Actually, that's what I would do. I, I had read some really fantastic behavior books. And one person had suggested carrying like a noisemaker with you. Like a shaker can or something. Once you saw the dog tense up and get ready because if you watch they give you the cues so i watch edie too that's how i'm like oh i know she's gonna bite because i'll see her physically tense um so what i would do is i had her leash and i had my keys on like one of those hooks the what do they call them carboners or whatever and i would hold the leash and i would hold the keys up like with my pinky or something and if i saw her tense her body you'd shake them i know i'd let go of the keys and they'd slide down the length of the leash and hit her yeah no it wasn't gonna hurt her but it it startled her out of that i need to attack now exactly you know and then it wasn't 
physical punishment from me. I wasn't yelling at her. I wasn't swatting at her. It was nothing from me. It was this invisible force that would startle her. So it was very effective because she could not handle if you yelled at her. She would immediately start peeing. She just went Mm -hmm. right into like scared mode, which the next step after really super scared is to bite. So that's what you want to avoid is because once a dog learns that biting works, all those other signs, the growling, that goes right out the window. Growling doesn't work. Why would I growl? You don't pay attention when I growl, but when I bite, you pay attention. Yeah, Edie doesn't growl. No, she doesn't growl. She just bites. Marge didn't growl when she bit either. She would just snap at people, Yeah, you know, fast, scary fast. I cannot even tell you. Little kids, because people would see a little dog and they go, oh, and they would like yeah. turn their little kids around and shove them towards Marge. And I'd have to be like, no, 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 she's not. She's got some behavioral issues. And then they would look at me like I was a total asshole because right. I wouldn't let their little kid pet my dog. Yeah, I'm like, hey, this is me. for your kid's safety. Right. This dog was was not put on the planet for your child to pet no. them. Sorry. But it is it is sort of sad that, I mean, I understand that children want to go up to animals. So with sure, John, I'm like, cute. you don't reach out, you ask. Yeah, never reach out for a stray yeah. dog. And you don't ask the dog, you ask the person. Is your dog friendly? Can I pet your dog? And don't get upset if they tell you, no, that's their dog. That's their decision. Right. It's for your own safety. Yeah. It's for your own safety because you never know. Well, yeah. So I have a, a terrorist chihuahua. You know, I, I think. She's a little better, though. It just depends on who she's with. She's definitely gotten better. She did try to chase your son several times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did run, though. Like, Oh, yeah. This is why you don't run from a bear. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is what if you, you know, run, and here's the face. thing. And and he still she's... liked her. He still liked her. But I was like, John, you just and John doesn't know how to, to watch for the signs, especially like with a dog with that type of background. The dog who, especially when they're younger, they've tried all of the signals. They've done the growling. Yeah. You know, they've done all of that and they know this doesn't work. They know that biting works. Plus, your dog is a terrier. Right. Oh, they love to chase. She loves to chase. Oh, so yeah. So it was part of a game, too. And oh, yeah. So maybe I'll have to, with your permission, bring her back over again. Absolutely. Year. Actually, her her and Toby's dog dish is still there. I'm like, well, one of these days you'll just bring them back over. I left a dog dish there? Yeah, you did. What I color? think it's yours. What? I don't know. Nobody else has a dog dish at my place. It's what color silver, is it? Uh, silver with black bones on it. Black and little outline. It's a metal dish with yeah. like a rubber bottom. Yeah. It sounds like one we ha- It's not red or blue. It's nope. silver. Yep. It's stainless steel. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to bring her over then. No, but suffice to say, I don't like good dogs. You like I like naughty dogs. dogs. Well, I've got naughty, naughty dogs. Do- well, naughty dogs have a lot of personality, so they entertain me. I have naughty cats, too, yeah. as we know. Loves me a naughty dog. Well-behaved dogs, just not for me. I need, a, I need a dog with, you know, because they are like little clowns. They are. Yeah. Special little clowns that need to but walk no, right Edie, now. Edie reminds me a lot of... Marge's um, behavioral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can tell, like, Toby, perfect gentleman, nice little dog, loves everybody. Doesn't like children, though. No, he is. Little children. No. But neither do you. So he may just be, (laughs) he could be reading that from you. Sure. You know? Picking up on my energy. Absolutely. Like, oh, did you wash your hands, little kid? No, don't pet my dog. You look sticky. (laughs) You look clammy. No, Marge did not like children except for John. She no. just thought John was the most wonderful thing on the face of the probably because he tasted like an old hot dog or something. Who knows? She loved her some John. 
but yeah. No, I think the interesting thing with training is you get a lot of people that once they project their emotions on the animal, what they don't understand is that they are provoking the behaviors instead of preventing the behaviors. For example, when your dog is barking crazy at somebody and then you go up and you soothe them and pet them, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, no. You're rewarding bad behavior. Exactly. You have to lead and by then example. they get conditioned. Yeah. They get... Yesterday when I was walking my dogs, there's a neighbor who will just open his front door and then and the dog runs out. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, it's a friendly dog, but my dog doesn't like other dogs. No. Um, oh, the black, the little black and white dog? The black yeah, that poodle, is a cute dog, yeah. Little black poodle. <laughs> so he comes running out again and comes right over to us and Edie automatically, like thinking she's going to be in trouble for something she hasn't done yet, uh-huh. um, throws herself on her back. Do you know what I would recommend? Yeah, tell me. Um, I would recommend that you take treats with you. And as you approach that house, you make that a training spot. Sit, stay, and increase the stay time. Knowing that they're going to get a really desirable treat the the longer they stay. We weren't near the house. It came running around the corner. Oh, sure. You know, so, but I guess I could take some You could make, you could also make it an intermittent training. Um, mm-hmm. you could try what I do, like just attach something small to her lead and release it as a distraction when you see her kind of like tense up. Right. Or when she see big dog, big dogs. Like and she, she wants goes to go into, up. she yeah. wants to go cause she wants to play with them. Mm-hmm. She loves big dogs. But the best thing I can recommend is keep treats with you and just periodically through your walk, you do a sit stay command. And I mean, when I say stay, like right. you make them stand there for I do a watch me, 30 to you know, yeah. Like, watch mm-hmm. me. That's also break the concentration. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to have incentive. And one of the best incentives food, hot dogs, take some hot. No, this is, it sounds so gross, but dogs do really go wild for it. So you take hot dogs and you slice them little, real thin, little pennies from heaven. Yeah. And then you fry them. And they'll shrivel down to greasy little pennies. And it, I mean, slice them really, really thin. For, I mean, I just have pepperonis. I mean, that'll oh, work. Oh, yeah, we'll pepperonis, pepperonis are great too, but not a lot of it. I mean, like just the tiniest bit. But the thing is, you take this super delicious treat that they'll do anything for, and you make it for that one activity only. That is not an everyday treat. Right. That is a this time we do this treat. So, yeah, if you do pepperonis, then they only get pepperonis on the walks, not as a general treat. That makes sense. All right. Something decadent. Let me think on that. Let me see what we can come up with. I used to fry hot dogs into gross, withered little pennies. And then feed them that. And that was my, yeah, that was her sit-stay treat. When she had to sit and behave, even though there was a big dog she maybe wanted to kill coming up. All right. She was good. She was good. She loved them withered hot dogs. <laughs> Just a tiny sliver worth, but a taste is all she needed. All right. I might try that.
you have anything else to add? I mean, I could talk about animals nonstop and all the crazy shit my animals do, but we could probably save that for another animal episode later on. This one was just more of an informative episode on animals with relation to the virus and spay and neutering. Did you spay Aunt B? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as she weighed enough. She was already spayed. That's why I think Oh, that's right. I think somebody moved without her. As soon as she weighed enough to be put under for anesthesia, I took her down. They opened her up. No uterus. Surprise. Already gone. Weird thing. No scar. But they think that um, a lot of times if you have your, uh, the veterinarian was saying, it's not probable, but it's possible. But in Mexico, when they spay or neuter, cats sometimes they'll go in from the side if they're unable to go in through the tummy. They, they choose to go in through the side to get the uterus. Interesting. And she does have like a weird little bare patch of fur on one of on her side, on one side. So and you I think thought, she, oh, is that it? So she's an immigrant. Maybe. Immigrants, Maybe. they get the job done. I don't know. Well, that's from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or if you love animals, just write to us at feedback at gallopodcast.com. Send us your pet pictures. I'll take some of those. Those are cute. Yeah, pet pictures are cool. Yes, that's G-A-L-G-A-L-podcast.com. No spelling of leprechauns here. We're not going to put you through that. And we're not going to make you spell Glamazon either. So. That one's much easier to spell. It's just Amazon <laughs> with a G-L in front of it. Come on. Um, and then we'll be talking at you later next time. So take care. Spay and neuter your pets. Bye. <laughs> Bye.